Thanks for downloading this podcast from Coracle Online. This podcast was recorded at the Blue Debate at the IOD in London. And the theme for the debate was exploring the opportunities and threats of shipping's information boom. With a panel made up of James Tweed from Coracle, Nick Brown from Lloyd's Register, Neil Wise from IHS Fairplay, Corinne Langlois from the IMO, and Amy Pascoe from Blue Communications, many themes were delved into, and this podcast will be published in a couple of parts, so please do look out for the next one. We have to understand the context for the brief, which was 30 people in a room last time discussing professionalisation of communicating and shipping and one of the core threads that really developed and we had the editor of Lloyd's List in the room, we had uh, the head of environment, the lead environment journalist from Reuters in the room was social digital media and I think the context in the brief is all about we know it's coming as Amy alludes to. I mean it would be a very unempirical straw poll but nevertheless I'd like to ask who in their daily lives is using LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook for professional reasons, not just, not just. Um, so there we are. Um, that may, that may be because uh, that may explain why everyone's in the room. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah, but, but I don't think we're saying that. I, I, I totally agree. I do completely agree with you. But I think what we are all, I think, cohesively trying to say is that we should be doing more of it as an industry we need to embrace it we have to embrace it and we have to go back into our organizations and explain to people why they shouldn't be scared of using it why they should engage why they should embrace it and and not not just not because not because it's there and they just have to but explain to them the reasons why they need to but as far as i know at least i think that now the the fact that you know they've created this position and that beforehand journalists would have to really dig far or try to read some really long text to kind of understand what came out of a meeting or an assembly or, or uh, what's the latest on emissions. And now we're offering short videos on YouTube or we're offering some quick podcasts uh, on, a, on a given topic um, because you know we, we get questions from journalists and sometimes we're like, okay, clearly there's a lot of interest on polar code right now, so let's do, let's get an expert in house and take these questions and be proactive and ask, do a, a quick Q&A. So we're putting out an audio piece um, and so we're trying to basically uh, package it differently in different ways and then putting it uh, on all these platforms. I think that's a really good way to be more transparent. Um, I mean, it, it is very difficult sometimes because we work with partners, for example, Piracy, there's a security council maybe involved, so obviously we have to leverage uh, that, but we're trying very hard to be, you know, to share more information with the public at large, and that brings also the seafarers. Uh, it's only the second edition this year, but as you might have heard, IMO has now got an official day called the Day of the Seafarer. Um, it was launched last year, uh, it was, you know, very sort of uh, first edition, so we didn't have very much time, but now we've had more time and we're really, this is the one thing that is not so technical for IMO and we're really trying to reach the public at large and that's where social media is very key for us um, to engage and go beyond the shipping industry and reach the public and tell them about seafarers and involve seafarers themselves also wanting to contribute to this converse, to this global conversation and this is a, a new initiative but um, it is now there and hopefully it'll grow and it's a collaborative campaign.
so everybody, you know, is if they want to participate, they can. So. to mention is the um, tracking and analytics. We've not talked about it, but it's extremely important in social media because you really realize who's your audience, who's on which platform. And for example, for IMO, Facebook, you know, I've been doing a lot of tracking and we have a lot of seafarers and captains and cadets and of different, you know, different uh, position. And so we've realized now Facebook is our kind of way dialogue conversation with seafarers and we really try to sort of nurture that a bit more now that we've realized this is a way for them to share their, you know, their thoughts on the, what we should improve, what we, so give, give them a voice and a platform. Is that because they, just curious, curiously about access, is that because they have better access to that particular? Well, some of them do, I mean, it's, it's still slow, but it is increasing to have, um, obviously not most of them don't. seafarers yeah it's definitely well now that is very it's a new very new things but I monitor it and whenever they well we have questions and, and we try if they have questions we'll try to answer them quickly as possible but we also kind of keep a log and if there's major topics that are coming back well then you know we it goes back into the um, the bureaucracy of the hierarchy but it, it does get to the office of the secretary general to consider um, this is not uh, an example that came from the seafarers, but from the industry and the press, for example, the whole, um, and from, yeah, from the industry, because of the Costa Concordia, because there was so much questions uh, for passenger ship, there is now a new agenda item on the next uh, Maritime Safety Committee to address this, because the feedback is, well, we want to know more, so there's an, an agenda item that's been created just specifically for this. So that's a way of responding to the feedback. Well, I think what's interesting, of course, is you, you know you, you don't generally CEOs don't give their email addresses out, but in the case, not not to dwell on Carnival, but the CEO was effectively <laughs> tweeting, <laughs> effectively tweeting, thirty times a day. In, in other words, you know he uh, was representing the company on a daily basis, and what I was think he tweeting about yeah, probably very positive things about you know. Policies and about jet skiing on cruise lines. And yeah, that. I think it was. It, I mean, it, it was all very kind of happy gay. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I'm your man. I'm your CEO on the street. My lead. Lead. <laughs> uh, and then when it went all pear shaped, you know, we put a kind of you know, and you know, actually, to be fair to it, we put a message out to say, right, listen, I'm, I'm actually dealing with this crisis. I haven't got time to tweet. <laughs> which <laughs> actually is kind of fair enough, but. Um, Again, it, it probably, hindsight would suggest that it was a very tough judgment call, but 
based on the personality he built up uh, from uh, his, his, his 30 day tweeting um, uh, to then suddenly go dark when you know, it went wrong. But there's a really wide gulf, isn't there? Major cruise company and your dry dock company. Yeah. And I think from the dry dock company's perspective, I think it comes on your point about you know how social media might spread in the industry. Your I, I don't speak for your company, but I was using the example of a dry cargo company earlier. Yeah, for most of them, the idea of having any kind of media policy, except in the context of dealing with a crisis, uh, it, it's something they're not interested in. You know, they've got half a dozen, a dozen, a score of major charterers, and maybe you could use digital comms, and you might MSN them, or you know, just the way that the telephone or telex or all the rest of these things are tools for communicating with people, but it doesn't mean they have a, a policy, or it's not about public relations or reaching out to a media audience or any external stakeholders. It's just a way of talking to people to get your business done. But they don't want to have any kind of communication with anybody external to that fairly narrow circle at any time if they can help it, really. You know, and, and most of the crisis response, I think, where you might want to have a specifically social media policy in place, is designed to get you, from an operational perspective, from A to the other side of, you know, wherever you are in the crisis, and get on with your normal life. Well, can I throw something else on that? Because if you look at um, individuals Sign up on their own, nothing to do with the company. Mm. They can still start tweeting on Facebook about what's happening with the company, and you know, it could be derogatory about the company. I'm assuming they don't. Because they've not got a policy or they're not to see what's well, going That's actually actually a policy to pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, pick up the phone and say, editor, <coughs> you know, we've got a problem here. But the, the Royal Navy. It's a sackable offence, you know, it's gross misconduct. Well, exactly. The Royal Navy had a case recently where uh, a submariner was, was tweeting away with the submariner. Yeah, it, it, it's just easier, and you can do it from the cold face potentially, and you can take a picture of it with your smartphone, and it can be beamed around the world in an instant. I think that's the problem. It's the speed. Maybe that's a policy, but not every company has a policy on what to do if somebody in the company has put information out there that could affect the company. I think I think I'd obviously completely concur with all of that, but also I, th I think it's about relationships as well, and I think that. You know, Neil's not that scary. <laughs> Shirtless aren't that scary. And I think it is about companies engaging, not just with the media, but directly with whoever their target stakeholders might be, whether it's trade associations or industry bodies. or It's about having a dialogue. And, and I completely agree. When, then when things do go wrong, you're not scrabbling round. You can actually hopefully pick up the phone to somebody that you know, have a conversation with somebody that has context about who you are, what you've done in the past, why this might have happened. You're not wasting valuable time trying to get somebody up to speed when really all they want is to get to the crux, understandably, to get straight to the crux of the matter. So, you know, I think it, it is about, for me, public relations is, is about relationships as much as anything else, and as is, I guess, business. I would just add one point to that, and I, I realise this sounds like we're all concurring, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I think the analogy we often use, and I, I know we talk about Maersk a lot, but you know, f genuinely five years ago, there was one guy writing a newsletter, Gen you know, that, that's no exaggeration for Maersk, and genuinely now they have ten full-time communications people, and I don't think they're that daft. 
you know, and I realize they're in the container liner markets where retailers are very much applying pressure to them. A lot of that's to do with their CSR policies, but it's also to do with the fact that it is a commoditized market. And the only differentiators are narrowing to brand a lot of the time. And I don't think the tanker market or the bulk market are completely immune to that either. Um, so, so I think in that sense, you know, there is a shift. And uh, uh, you know, at the risk of, of concurring too much, um, that's certainly what we're seeing. Mosk is a good case in point because, um, you know, five years ago it was a basket case mm. in terms of the media. Anderson came in from his brewing background That's right. and he just turned the whole culture around. And, and now they can't do enough for us. And, and I think they would say that for a start, for a lot of those middle, middle management people, it's very scary for them because they come from a, a culture where you don't talk to the media because you know, they're out to get us. And it's changed. And they've found it a, a pleasurable experience. Yeah. And Merck are more than happy now <laughs> to, to work with us. Yeah. Zima said, you're not that scary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And actually, Merck really need you at the moment, don't they? Because let's face it, like everyone else, they're not really making the money for the investors that they need to be making. And actually, there's two routes to go there. You can get pilloried, or you can get a kind of an easier ride. And I think if you engage with people, you generally, by building that relationship, you generally get an easier ride because people it's know more about where you're coming from yeah, and why you're It's human nature, isn't it? It's human nature, yeah. yeah. But none of this is rocket science, is no, it, really? No, it's no, just no. basic. Uh, I, saw, I saw a story very well written by a journalist who said the shipping industry, the container shipping industry, had lost in the Well, I think Bloomberg yesterday or today I saw um, was saying that over the last four years, the top 80 listed shipping companies have lost $99 billion of value. Sorry? Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That was Bloomberg, yeah. That was, that was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she put that together and, that was, uh, that, and, and tweeted it, and it's one of their biggest mm. success stories in terms of tweet value. Well, obviously, uh, in IMO, it's still a new thing, and the culture of information, um, you know, in my small team, we are trying to educate, I suppose, our, you know, our directors and, and supervisors of different departments. They are obviously, when we talk about social media, in fact, we gave a small presentation yesterday to the directors, and one of their first question was, well, but how do we control you know, this and this, and we're like, well, that's the thing, we cannot control everything. You know, of course we can control some of it, um, but we don't want to control everything either, because that's the nature of social media, to, to, to have the feedback, to say, oh, listen, this is actually maybe a negative feedback, but it's valuable and it's true. So, so we have to continue to spread this culture of dialogue and, and conversation, really. So it, it's, some people are really open to it and understand the value. Uh, but obviously, it's not um, it's not over, and and we really have to sort of change this traditional thinking and how you know how IMO shares its um, information. Can I pick up back on the video question? Um, um, I think video is absolutely critical to the growth of the internet. It it it, it really is where it's all going to be. 
Um, <coughs> we produce, we have a site called uh, shippingpodcasts.com, uh, which some of you may have been familiar with, and we've got over 900 audio podcasts available for, for free to go and download. And we take market reports, law reports, insurance reports directly from brokers, banks, law firms. So it's kind of primary source information, and they generally end up being between three and eight minutes long, so between a tube ride or two. But what we haven't got there is lots of video at the moment, and, and, and it's, a real, it's picking up on what Corrine said, that it's the resource intensity of it. So we're recording, we have a couple of microphones here, we're recording audio from today and tonight or tomorrow morning, you can go to shippingpodcast.com and download it, and so can all the people who aren't here. Um, if we were to do that with video, there is going to be an, a, the editing process is just a little bit slower. Um, the bandwidth cost is higher, although it's coming down. So, you know, for us, um, we will certainly shift a lot of that into video over the course of this year and next. Uh, but audio has a place as well. Uh, and also, interestingly, sort of our media, just to add from our client perspective, would, you, would we want to work on a video on behalf of the client just so it gets a small number of hits on Lloyd's List when we can get a, an article in, it, it, online in, in yeah. the newspaper? Yeah. And it takes time to build an audience. I mean, we now, we're about to hit 7 million downloads of our podcast, but it's, the graph is one that's built, built, built. We've been doing it for you know, 900 and something episodes. We've been doing it from the time when, you know, it was only me listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas now, actually, we genuinely, you know, have quite a large audience, and we do translate some into Mandarin as well. So we, we have an audience out in, in China, but that that doesn't come overnight. You can't just overnight go and say, "Rank, bang, we want fifty thousand downloads." That, um, and that's really leveraging the ability to use other networks. So iTunes for us is a really, really key part of that that process. Now iTunes don't feed back the data to us in the way that we would like, um, because Apple just don't. Um, which is really frustrating. But it's not so frustrating I'd stop using iTunes, because it is the most significant platform for distribution. Um, and I think that's, that's the thing of just letting some of this stuff go and, uh, and seeing what happens and sticking with it for a while. I think it does. I think it does depend on content as well. I think that's really important. I know one of my clients, Kitty Wake, nothing to do with media relations at all, but they are trying. They're condition monitoring experts, and they're trying to do a lot more video because <laughs> I think it was mentioned earlier about. I think Kareem, maybe it was something that you mentioned. Rather than rather than them writing a really in-depth, technical, hard to understand document that would probably be in English and trying to be understood by people across the globe. They are now creating videos of how to use some of their products, um, which are being really well received. Yes, it takes effort for them to um, put them together and construct, but actually they're being really well received. And actually a byproduct of that is that some of the condition monitoring reliability media are saying, do you know what, this is actually really useful for our readers, but that's a second that's secondary to their original purpose for it. It's funny, when we evaluated the, the demographics on video after some of our campaign in video we've posted, um, videos, the demographic is the highest segment was from 45 to 55 years old. So compared to Facebook where we had a younger audience as well and Twitter, some of the people are still not quite understanding it in the industry. Videos was right at this, you know, 
uh, older sort of segments of people do enjoy video and we thought that return on investment in video was really high. So yeah. Not that old. <laughs> 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 Any final comments from anyone? Um, I'd just like to ask about approvals for the response. Please. Because I work in a company where there's very strict processes and if speed is of the essence, how can you manage yeah. Do you have authority to say what you think from a prepared list of lines to take, or do you take judgment? Yeah, well, it varies. Uh, but the one thing is, in terms of the policy, I'm the only one who tweets, for example, in the whole organizer. Nobody else can, can tweet. Um, and obviously, when it's something very technical, we do have sometimes the, the green light from the in-house expert if it's the, the, rate and the right amount of percentage or something. Uh, and then, you know, by experience, obviously, I, I, I get with judgment, you know, I start to think, okay, I can retweet this, or I can easily comment. You know, I, I start to understand as well, but it's very, so, some of the very sensitive things, they will need approval. Um, but not from the Secretary General in this very bureaucratic way because there would be no way that we could, you know, have a Twitter account. It would be ridiculous. We'd have, we'd have to wait for a week to get approval on, on a tweet. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I IMO people actually, before my arrival, they were thinking, how is this going to work? Because that IMO, everything, you know, needs to go approve all the way to the Secretary General. So how are we going to tweet? Uh, but, you know, they do trust that we, you know, we can do our job properly and with the right level of judgment. And uh, when times, you know, when it's sensitive, then we know to refer to the expert. And so far, we've not published something that has created any... So prior to commencing the tweets, were you doing a preparation of material? Uh, yeah, because I drafted a, a um, social media strategy for the organization with policy and everything, saying, okay, things we will tweet about in the first, you know. So obviously we gave ourselves uh, uh, sort of a range, yeah. yeah. But I think that that is, that for me, that's the crux, or the crux almost of this whole conversation is that social media is not sort of a standalone communications activity. It has to be strategic. Um, otherwise, it, there will be snags. Um, and I think that it, it, it's about preparation, it is about going back to the key corporate messaging and understanding about how that is then packaged for all of the different communications channels that, that are relevant to your organisation. Well, <coughs> I, think, I think we should draw uh, to a close now. Um, thank you, everyone. I mean, I think what's, what's come across is that... Um, the media still has a distinguished role as a trusted source of information, um, but that it's going to have to adapt. Um, and indeed, you know, in fairness, particularly to the trade media that we are so familiar with, I believe they are. And uh, I genuinely, from our perspective, um, have seen quite a seismic change over the last sort of 12, 12 to 18 months. If you're going to use social digital media, don't jump in. I think that's the lesson. Um, particularly with Twitter. Twitter needs to be managed. You need a Kareen. Uh, you, you, it's a time and resource sucker. And, uh, and not just in terms of physically tweeting, but ensuring that you have the right message and you're saying the right thing. Clearly, if you are going to use social and digital media on a consistent basis, don't stop. 
if there's a crisis or, or indeed something else. You know, I think it, need, it strikes me that there needs to be a consistency of messaging, uh, particularly if you want to get into James's top 40. Um, <laughs> and, and ultimately, uh, and, and this for us as, as, as Blue resonates, and I'm glad to hear it's sort of been concurred, uh, is that you know, whatever you're saying, it needs to be consistent with your business objectives and your communication messages. Uh, it needs to be managed. And lawful. And lawful. Lawful, indeed. Because it's, you publish it. Indeed. <laughs> uh, and then we've seen some arrests this week for, 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 for Twitter. And maybe there will be one in the shipping industry not, in the not too distant future. Um, so thank you, everyone. Um, a few further housekeeping notes. Um, there are copies of Fair Play in a traditional media form <laughs> on, on the table, along with some IMO material in a very traditional media form. Um, please help yourselves. Um, I'm, uh, you know, we do quite a lot of lobby work and uh, public affairs work at the IMO, and I'm just delighted to hear that we don't have to do any of that anymore. We can just, just <laughs> you know, ply, ply Kareen with uh, lots of lunches and uh, that, that job's done, um, because clearly she is leading the line in terms of what the IMO is saying in many senses. Uh, I think in that sense, today's been very interesting. Um, that, you know, I, I suspect it won't be that long before uh, our dry bulk or tanker sectors are looking at uh, employing uh, someone uh, along the digital and social media lines. Please don't forget shippingpodcast.com. Um, be one of the thousands of people uh, <laughs> downloading that. Um, and I'd like to finally thank the panel. They're all extremely uh, busy people. And I, I, I personally find it really interesting today. Um, so thanks to them. And, and please hang around. There's some wine, I believe, coming out. The most important part of the day is actually you know, asking individuals questions and networking after all. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.